0: If you don't know it by now i can be a bit controversial on how i handle my business and in how i coach other designers about their business running a design firm or any small business for that matter is not a one-size-fits-all wrapped up in a pretty bow it's about building the framework from the ground up and having a solid foundation that will make it recession-proof the design paradigm is a comprehensive and powerful coaching program for interior designers wanting a challenge and looking to grow it has epic twists and turns in the way you might think about business if you are a little rebellious in thought, want to win it, avoid groupthink, don't care what others are doing, and want a sustainable business over the long haul that makes you stand out, then The Design Paradigm is the right place for you. We will be a partner in reimagining and refocusing your business from the ground up. Find out more at TheInteriorDesignParadigm.com. This is part of the cost of doing business, Learning. Sometimes the hard way about who you will resonate with and who is a good fit for your firm, and also learning about yourself. That's part of it. You have to be able to not only grow your firm, but also grow as a person, as a human. Welcome to the Damn Good Designer Podcast. Join hosts, Cheryl and Liz. The visionary and integrator balancing all the moving parts of a full-service interior design firm. Get ready for a wild ride as they challenge the norms, challenge the industry, and challenge you with damn good truths about what success looks like today. Now your hosts... All right, welcome everyone back to the Damn Good Designer Podcast. We are going to jump right in to our topic today because this is a topic that needs to be brought out of the shadows. So let's get after this, okay? Setting client expectations is not about a quick, here's our process in pretty words, or God forbid, a 15-step thingy you put on your website or put in a welcome packet or whatever the heck. What we are missing here and what has changed so much in the past five years is that consumers are way more savvy than ever before and we have to give respect where respect is due to these savvy consumers, these people that are much more cognizant of the design process and of what's going on and all of that. So the wisdom you learned years ago may have worked then, but I think it's tougher to make it work now and this is what I believe is the biggest problem people face when they are uh, at that initial stage and they are met with some a client that is savvier and it's asking questions, that is also why I might put out there into the universe is a little different what, than what you might hear from others. Um, I'm not sitting still here, and neither is my team, and we're not letting the world evolve, uh, you know, without us. We have to stay relevant all the time, right? And so we're along for the ride, no matter how bumpy. Can anybody guess what the heck I am? Talking about Liz, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't even know if you've looked at the notes, so you may I, not know what we're I talking. Think I I do. I did. <laughs> I did. Okay, I did. Liz. Liz has looked here on it. Okay just because someone needs educating or simply a general thanks but no thanks which is perfectly okay does not mean that this client is a red flag okay i hate 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 labeling people in this way okay i really do it just it, it is like fingernails on a chalkboard and you know sometimes people are are doing these facebook posts lamenting the idiocy of humans and who how dare they contact you and you know uh, you know Ask these questions and you know, what what is it with these people that are just, you know, they they clearly don't understand it, you know, the process or your process or, you know, whatever. And people have these these complete and total ridiculous meltdowns i mean seriously and then there's this sort of mob mentality we see all too often when it comes to this to the red flag clients or or the horror client stories or you know whatever it is you know how helpful it is is it to you when people pile on in these in these forums and they say run run you know and that's the one that drives me crazy i mean seriously it just drives me bonkers when people say that because it's just like all the time I mean I guess I'm in these groups too much obviously you know or they'll be like get out get out you know or he's a jerk you know I mean it, really without even knowing all they're knowing is like what the client you know or what the designer has said about something they're not asking thoughtful questions they're not asking to actually help the The person who's posting about this or is talking about it, and how is this serving your your goals? To be able to just pile on that way, is this this mob mentality thing? Is just I, I don't know. I just I just want to talk about it because it drives me crazy, and I think everybody knows that. I have actually banned. The words red flag and the small business think big group you know as a joke obviously and no one's getting kicked out for saying it but i i really i just don't like it because i think it's a mindset thing i think it's a mindset that people yeah. you know get into it i mean and and then and then when people you know the interesting thing about about humans is that then someone says something, right? In these groups, Liz, they'll, they'll, they'll go through this whole deal and oh, he's so horrible and he's blah, 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 blah. And he probably is, maybe he is a horrible person. I'm not saying he's not or she's not or whatever. Um, but it's just, to me, it's like weird that everybody jumps on the bandwagon. You know, everybody is jumping on the bandwagon. But then I may pop in and say, a a question ask questions or or may say well is he really is that is is it really that bad that he's asking you questions about your contract i mean it doesn't mean you have to change it just because someone's asking i mean you know and then once i say something then there's other people that will that will agree so i know there's people out there that agree because sometimes it takes someone to go against the tide and you all all know i'm a natural born contrarian so of course i'm going to be that one that that says something on it but i don't think this whole jumping on this bandwagon of run run you know and all that it i don't think it's productive time spent and and i don't think it's all that entertaining and i'm all for entertaining you know a bit of facebook you know occasionally with these posts and that sort of thing i love it you know but but there is this confident humility that's what i forget who calls it that there's somebody maybe it's adam grant because you know i love my Adam Grant. I just love, love, love me some Adam Grant. And it may be him that says it, but it may not be maybe somebody else. So I don't want to attribute that to him unless it is for sure him. But this confident humility that is lacking in designers who clearly do not understand a single thing about first impressions, you know, And, and I think the quote goes something like, we become blinded by arrogance when we're utterly convinced of our strengths and our strategies, meaning that we are so convinced of our righteousness that we become blinded by that arrogance and not being empathetic to the uh the per the client whether it's a client or whether it's a lead or whatever the case may be because there's red flags apparently right. you know everywhere i don't know i mean i don't know what do you think yeah. about that you haven't really you don't really you get so you, you don't have to
1: i stay out of that stuff on facebook because i think I, I probably would get sucked in like you do and and I think, I don't know, you you taught me very, very early on in all of this that there is always, even when you feel so convinced that you're right, there is always going to be something, some point of growth, some process, something that could be refined right. from what it is that you're doing that could make the experience better. And you know, I think that's why when we do have little hiccups or things that pop up, I'm always like, I want to just get on the phone and nip it right in the bud. I just, I don't believe. Which I love in, about you.
0: I love that. I don't I believe in, love in
1: stewing in that. Because I really right. do think like you said. And picking think, up like the phone. Said, it, it's so good. Yeah. Well, it's the, I think it's the quickest way to get to a solution. And a lot of times, you know, the more you stew with people sometimes about, whatever, that negative thing, or, you know, you get everyone starts, like you said, jumping on the bandwagon saying how, oh, well, they're terrible, or oh well, they don't know what they're doing, or oh, well, obviously, they need you more than they realize. You know, they're not really acknowledging the fact that this person probably comes from a completely different profession, maybe does not have good groundwork laid for them to understand what your process is. And heaven forbid, they have a question. I mean, that's a very human and understandable thing. And If you can't address that and what you do professionally, then why are you doing it? Why are you working with people at all?
0: I don't really get it. Right? Or or there's other things that people call red flags. I mean, it's not just about a question. That's just the first thing that popped into my head, but there's other things, you know, the client's doing this or the client's doing that or whatever, but I think, I think, that it's a growth issue a lot of times. I mean, there are jerks, don't get me wrong, because we have, you know, seen our own fair share. So there are people out there that just are not always good humans and all of that. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm not saying, I'm not Pollyanna. I mean, hello, this is Cheryl here. I am not Pollyanna. I am not saying (laughs) everybody is just so great. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that, you know, your business might have grown exponentially uh, in the last three or four or five years, whatever, because um, it, a lot of people have grown quite a bit. And what I would ask you is, are you personally growing along with that? And that means, you know, refining your sense of asking certain questions like, have I educated this client? Is my website adequate? Is it giving off all the information that it needs for this client to understand or this lead to understand how we work? Is my messaging on target? Do I position my company for my ideal client and for the best possible scenario with a lead? You know, and the truth is, is many do not. More than many, really. And so I think that what I'm getting at here is that there is... a lack of self-awareness sometimes with all of us. I mean, good Lord, if I had to even tell you how many times in a day that I have to look myself, uh, you know, what I call the man in the mirror, except it's a woman, me, and, and face the fact that, okay, maybe I didn't handle that well, or maybe this could have been done better or whatever. I mean, I have to do that all the time. I think actually Liz and I are both, pretty good at that and because we have strong personalities and and you know when you have a strong personality like i do you absolutely have to master looking at the man in the mirror and and saying okay maybe that was my fault or maybe i rushed to this or maybe i moved too fast or or maybe i could have handled it better or maybe i could have you know been more clear or whatever as liz would like to say you know those kinds of things you know maybe that's what's happened and i think that that self-awareness is really an asset for me. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it or anything else, but facing that man in the mirror is really important. And I think it's important for the growth of your company. So, so as your company grows, you also have to grow yourself, or, or you're gonna, you know, not have greater profit margins, better projects, the ideal clients, and all of that. And and I just I have to say, I have this such an incredible passion for small businesses because I really feel like I'm I've just been nagging a lot lately with everybody and I I don't that's not the point here. The point is really for you to stop a moment. And, and my ideal designers, the people that are going to connect with me are going to do just that. They're going to stop and say, you know, well, maybe I did rush to judgment on that, or, you know, whatever. And um, the, the, the first thing anyone should do when confronted with a less than ideal scenario or perceived this way is face that man in the mirror, you know, and ask, have I done everything I can do To make sure the messaging that i'm putting out there and that means you know in person on the phone in your website everywhere everywhere is where it needs to be busy professionals y'all okay busy professionals hello aren't we all busy professionals because i know that most of us (laughs) are can always appear to be skeptical annoyed you know all those kinds of things i know my own team sees that you know with me i mean i totally get that
1: i mean right yeah. And I think that that sensibility or the, you know, the need to be able to handle questions in a direct fashion shouldn't constantly be met with resistance or with surprise or with an expectation that everything should be fluffy. I mean, I think half the time mm-hmm. Cheryl's begging me to have less fluffy emails because sometimes I beat around the bush a little bit, maybe because I want to, you know, be soft about it. But I want to be nice that and soft. Well, sometimes,
0: sometimes you are. Sometimes you are too fluffy. That's for sure. Sometimes yeah. you just need to get right to the point. Just go to the direct right. path, the the straight, straight shot down the road. You don't need to go in
1: right. and out, weave around all the traffic. It can be difficult to, you know, approach a situation where you're working with a client who has hired you for a very particular type of service. They're paying you a, you know, a nice chunk of money and they have certain expectations. And if either expectations are not met or they're surprised by something, a lot of times those are the situations I think that flare designers up. It's like that's the part where they say like, "Oh, well, how could you not understand this?" or "This isn't my fault" or, you know, fill in the blank. But Sometimes it's because their expectations haven't been set properly or you haven't really done the the sort of legwork that's needed to ground them in a place of reality and what to expect. And rather than taking that as an affront, you should look at that as an opportunity to say, you know what, let's talk about this, let's address yeah. this because I want this to go productively and we need to figure out a better path forward. Right, right, exactly. And and I think that the
0: part of the situation here is is getting into like i said the the mob mentality i can't think of another word to say that is i think that when you we, we never had forums before. You know, like when I was growing up in the design industry, we didn't have all that Facebook stuff and everything else. And I wish we did, because I think it's just such a fabulous opportunity for people to learn from others. But I also think that you have to put a governor on it sometimes, because you can get, you know, sucked into that righteous indignation. And and when you get people that are egging you on, in a way, I don't know that that's always, and it's not their job to be educating you or whatever. I mean, it, you know, they're trying to be supportive of people and all that, but I'm not sure if that's healthy all the time you know when people are saying yeah that guy's a total douche for asking questions or wanting to change your contract or whatever rather than getting at what really is going on and i i I think of like my mother saying to me garbage in cheryl garbage out you know and and don't get you know, sucked into other people's drama. You know, she would tell me that all the time in high school because, you know, I just do love me some drama. <laughs> so <laughs> my mom would be, you know, constantly be saying that. And I think that sometimes you can be supportive. You don't have to be argumentative or whatever, but you can say, I'm not going to get sucked into this type of situation by by egging somebody on. Or if you're the one posting it, realize that, um that people are trying to help if they are not agreeing with you or something. And I don't know, these types of threads, I think, make people codependent on others to validate their possible lack of skills at reading people, educating clients, or, or even just interpersonal skills maybe at deflecting someone who is not sold on your value, which is really your job to do. I mean, really, right. that's your job to do that. And, and I think when you really sum it up now, again, I'm not saying this all the time. We've all had nightmare clients. People have had, you know, whatever. I mean, we actually don't have a lot of nightmare clients to be honest with you. Um, we have a lot of really great clients, but but I mean there's been pro- there's problems. I mean, there's just problems in the business, but I I think this is really sort of the sum of it is that that these types of groups and things, while I love them to death and all of that, I think that there is a way it's another way of being codependent. Um, in a way that is different than it used to be. Social media is like probably codependent in a lot of different ways. We could probably talk about that for hours. But it's really not helping you to really assess the situation and see where is the problem along the lines. And you know, Liz, I love, 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 love to yes. solve a problem. And and that's yes. super important to me. And sometimes that is a thankless job because I try to solve a problem and then I get into trouble and all that. And then I get a a rebuke from an admin or something or whatever, not not so much lately, but I'm just saying sometimes I do. And uh, really, my heart is always in the right place. Anybody who knows me knows that. But to me, sometimes these threads solidify the idea that some of us are the problem, uh, that some of us you know, aren't the problem and not trying to be the solution for the industry. Yeah. To be clear, not talking about asking for help, a truly bad situation or anything like that. I'm just not talking about that. But I think you need to step away and don't feel like you have to commiserate when someone is going off you know, on a bender about their new lead. Maybe they just need to vent and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and, and people saying, gosh, I'm so sorry. I hope this gets better or whatever. But don't be so quick to say red flag or run or whatever, because I just don't think that you are helping anybody. I think you're getting sucked into it. I don't think it's good for your mental health. I think right. these posts are really honestly seeking validation. Um, and you just don't have time for that. You You personally don't have time to, to jump in there and and to uh, validate somebody else, uh, you know, feeling like the client is a total jerk. You know, you can be commiserate or whatever you want to do, but I just don't think it's healthy for a lot of people. And I've had to counsel some of my, um, you know, some of my designers about this because I see them doing just that, you know, and God knows I've probably done it too, Liz. I don't, you know. Right.
1: Yeah. And I I think that for the most part, you know, we all obviously have bad days and there are things that don't maybe go the way that we want. But I think that slowing down just in general and being able to kind of like reflect on something before you decide to post maybe too is a good sort of uh, moment to take when it comes to deciding when you want to share stuff like this. I think that for a lot of these type of situations, there's so much to the scenario that of course, you would be intimate with the as the designer, but the rest of the people who are involved are not going to know anything about it. And also, I think that from the point of being more supportive in the industry, being able to look at someone's situation and just like you said, kind of acknowledge, like, I really don't have enough information to even be able to comment on this, never mind to jump on the bandwagon. There is so much that we learn when we slow down and really decide that this is something that I don't want to have happen again. And I need to figure out how it is that I don't want to get to that place. And that's, I mean, we get so process driven about it, but it's the truth. It really is how you grow a business. So being able to really identify whether or not it's worth posting or worth getting involved or or worth identifying like, oh, that sounds terrible. I don't want that to happen to me. You know, look at it as an opportunity to be more reflective on what it is that you need to do to do better, as opposed to constantly blaming someone else for whatever it is that is being presented to you.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good way of looking at it, because, you know, (laughs) I mean, Let's just face it. Clients are not going to understand everything. They don't do what we do. Right. You know, they don't understand it. And I think a lot of this goes right back to one of my my most important topics that I like to talk about, which is managing those expectations. I think people think they're managing expectations because they have, you know, the welcome packet or the whatever, and it's like don't do this, do this, do that, or whatever. And you know, sometimes people don't read it. Maybe everything is covered in there, maybe it's not. Clearly it's not because we see the posts all the time. And and, um, you know, people don't, don't understand. They don't want to pay for storage. They don't want to pay for time to manage all the moving parts. They don't understand your contract. They don't understand why it took you 10 hours to do this or that. That's a good reason not to charge hourly, too. Um, and, and, you know, here's the bottom line. If the client wants to go and get it one and done and put together all the parts and pieces in themselves, let them do it. You know, don't fight it. Just let them do it if that's what they want to do. But you need to figure that out up front before you've engaged your resources, before you, you've you you know, counted on that income and everything else, you need to figure out if that person is like that. But I just don't think that people should call people, other people, red flags, because I think there's more to it. I'm not saying that people aren't jerks. I just think there is more to it. And a lot of times, what I see when these Uh, comments and whatnot and even when I've worked with designers over the years and they've had a problem and everything and I I really am very thoughtful at digging deep to find out like okay and then what happened and before that did you explain this did you say and someone no well actually Cheryl, I I didn't put all that I I skipped that page in the visual scope of work or I didn't you know go (laughs) over that or whatever or or just like you said earlier you said earlier, just pick up the phone and call. And maybe it's a misunderstanding. Maybe there is some maybe that person's having a bad day, or whatever. I just, I don't know, Les. I just think managing expectations well, is one of the bigger part, uh, bigger issues we have uh, as an industry.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's, again, I I think that 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 here. Right. And it's, it's difficult because obviously, you don't always know exactly what someone's going to expect. And they might not Immediately, sort of present you with the information to be able to help them through that. But I think that we do a lot on the front end, not just in kind of the discovery call and the consult meeting, but in our scope of work and in kind of laying the groundwork for what to get prepared for with our process, that it does help to some degree. But there's always going to be clients who feel like something is, you know, maybe unfair or that the timeline that is required for a you know, contractor to get something done is not going to be reasonable That's life. or, That's life. you know, yeah, fill in the blank. I think the biggest thing for us to be able to do is just to support in all those other ways so that we're making sure that on the other end of the spectrum, everything is in line as best it can be so that those other parts and pieces stay on track. And being able to sort of talk people back off the ledge and say, you know, totally understand, Totally appreciate your patience while they're trying to get this stuff figured out. You know, we get it. It's been a long day. It's been a long week, whatever it happens to mm-hmm. be. You know, next week, we're going to start on a good foot. And this is what we're going to do about it is so much more productive than going down this rabbit hole of, you know, blaming or, or, or getting kind of snarly with them to exacerbate the situation, which, you know, who really wants to then have to deal with that? you know it's all a choice yeah. that we make and i think that you know being able to be productive about how you look forward about it is the more important piece of the puzzle yeah and and let's let's talk about that for a second okay so
0: so you know let's say that the client really is a turd butt. Okay. Okay. I mean, like, let's just say that that really is, and it's really unfair, you know, and I'm thinking of a particular one, Liz, like, can you, can you understand what I'm thinking about right now? But, but let's talk about that for a minute and let's remind everybody because I don't have the the replay of this, although it would be kind of funny if I did, I'll give it to Russ to put it into the podcast. But you know, where I caught you on the phone on the uh, security, um, talking to a client like, and this is Liz calling the client, like I was ready just to say, dude, you are so done you know, we're, we're done period. You know, that's it. I didn't really care about the rest of it because it was such egregious behavior, you know, on his part, but not Liz. Liz is picking up the phone and calling him a client that is, uh, that was really upset about, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was a relatively early on in the process and we had done everything. And we, please y'all, we communicate like to the, the cows come home with clients, but, but remind us, tell me about that conversation again, or tell us about that conversation and how you handled it. Because this is a, an interesting one, y'all, because we went on to finish the project. I never went out to, that, to the place again, <laughs> but, but it turned out to be all really okay. It really did. And this was a situation where the client was clearly in the wrong. I mean, without a doubt, this was not, because believe you me, especially when it's my team, the first thing it, you know it's not just I look at myself at, at the man in the mirror and see what I have done wrong or what I could have been complicit into a particular behavior but I also analyze that with my team like okay Liz did you did you get back to him on the such and such did you do this did you do that or whatever but anyway this right. this all happened and there was emails firing back and forth and Liz like I'm just you know gonna Call this guy up on the phone. So tell me about that conversation because I think that there is a lot to learn from how you handled that because you are not a pushover. Uh, We have that on tape that you weren't a pushover. So tell us about that.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, I think what prompted it was I. I I do think that ultimately the client was not totally clear on what documentation he had received to a certain point for the project, Um, but after sort of forwarding it back to That's him right. and and trying to explain, you know, we've got multiple emails that we submitted to you that had not been responded to and follow up and all that type of thing. He was really upset. And he was kind of name calling a little bit and saying, you know, you know, how could you think that this is a professional way to treat people? And, you know, my heart goes to this place of being like, I'm working on a Sunday on a holiday weekend to try to get you what you need, and you think that I don't care about this? Like, of course I'm gonna get. You know, my version of riled up is to want to get on the phone and be like, "We're gonna." Which resolve you shouldn't this. have
0: done. I mean, you didn't call him until at work because we got it on the camera, so that you did. But I mean, I know what you're talking about because I think it was yeah. during Mardi Gras because I remember being out at the parade yeah. and my phone was blowing up. And and yeah, y'all, I sometimes check it, you know, especially when I'm at the Mardi Gras parade and I'm like, caught enough beads. I mean, you know what I mean? I was just sitting there with nothing else to do. Actually, that was when I had uh, my, not my knee problem, but the ankle problem, <laughs> one of the problems. So I was sitting there and everybody else was having a good time. And I remember reading some of those and thinking, you know, like, what the heck is he talking about? But what I'm talking about, when you yeah. called him on the phone, you called yeah. him out. I mean, you said in a nice way, it, sort of, I mean, mostly, you know, you said to him like something like that. A bunch of horse malarkey. Except that's not the word yeah. she used. Oh yeah. And so you gave it right back to him, and you knew that you it was okay for you to do that. And I know a lot of you are probably yeah. right now going, "Why didn't you just end this?" But you know, and say, "Forget it." The problem is that Liz and I's personality is not like that. The guy was wrong, and he needed to admit. It. You know, he needed to yeah. understand because he just wasn't reading his information He's, to understand. Yeah. It. But how did how his did the phone perception. call like after? Because we only. Yeah, we only have part of it on the on the thing where you were making your your infamous, you know, that's a bunch of horse, whatever, and all of that. And (laughs) so but but when you work through the rest of the conversation, you know, what, how did it end up coming to this point where we ended up finishing this job? Like I said, it's not a huge job. But yeah, you know, we end up finishing it. Everything was was good. And now the. You know,
1: they want us to do something else with them. We're doing the kitchen this year. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that a big part of it was just kind of really asking him to explain better what it was that he felt he didn't understand or hadn't received. Because a big part of his gripe in what he was communicating to us was that, you know, the deliverables that we had presented to him in terms of how our scope was outlined were not consistent with what had happened in the scope to that point. And so I went through it with him. I explained, you know, on such and such a date, we submitted you with these plans. On such and such a date, we had this meeting. On such and such a date, we had this phone call to review these things. Granted, thankfully, we have really great records of all that in our project management system. So it makes it easier to be able to reflect back to a client. But once I started going back through all of that, and he started to kind of tone back and hear that I wasn't going to give up on the fact that this is a contract that we have to complete this project. We have done everything that we are within you know, contract to do for you to this point. And there is absolutely no reason for this reaction to be happening. He sort of started to back down a bit. And what is kind of funny now that I think about it, because it's been a, a, a minute, is that it never really came up again. Several years, And he was really quite lovely after that to, to work with. <laughs> I know. So maybe maybe he was having a moment.
0: I don't know. I mean, maybe he was having a moment because he definitely, I mean, I've got the emails. He definitely was being a turd butt and all that. But maybe sometimes, I mean, he just recognize it. I will say that I think busy professionals, you know, and he had his own business and all that can often come across yeah. as dismissive or direct or whatever. And it, it doesn't always mean they are rude. In this case, it definitely meant he was being rude. Um, but, you know, or it, it, but it doesn't always mean that it doesn't always mean someone's a red flag or going to be difficult or, you know, it, you know, whatever. I mean, they are asking to be sold on you some of the times. I mean, really, right. when it's like somebody that's just asking questions and wanting to know, but it's making it's ruffling your feathers for whatever reasons think about like is it ruffling your feathers because of because of legitimate reasons or is it ruffling your feathers because you know, you really haven't explained that or, or whatever. I mean, I think that once you sell me on why you're the best for any job, I'm not a micromanager because the trust is established. And I think that's the truth for a lot of busy professional people. I'm definitely not a micromanager with my team unless I get the idea that they're not paying attention to something or that they're not delivering what they're supposed to be delivering, okay? And that is the truth. So I think a lot of people, are like that too. And I have worked with these kinds of people for years. I'm not the kind of people we're talking about with, With the Liz situation. Um, I'm talking about, you know, just busy professionals that just don't suffer fools gladly, that they're very direct. They might be engineers, they might be attorneys, whatever. They don't give two potato luckies about what you charge as long as you are fair, you have sold them adequately, and you can properly respond to questions without immediately assuming the worst. I mean, you have to have a little bit of a thicker skin. I mean, they just don't have time for that nonsense. I mean, so. Someone said to me the other day, I'm trying to remember who it was or what the circumstances were, but someone said to me, "Like you have worked with some of the most notorious people in town, some of the people that are really strong personalities. I said, yeah, because I can relate to them (laughs) because I am that same, you know, personality type. And I think there is nothing uh, wrong with that. I don't have a problem with that because what I find is that people like that, and I am the same way. I am my ideal client. Busy professionals do not suffer fools gladly. Just do what you say you're going to do. Make it clear to me, concise, you know, and show up when you're going to say you're going to show up and all those kinds of things or communicate with me you know good communication is Mm -hmm. key and i think that um i really can relate to those kinds of of people and and you know it doesn't bother me at all to work with people like that because once you establish that trust and you establish you are going to do what you're saying you're going to do then it's like smooth sailing and it's wonderful fabulous projects we work with a lot of business owners um and i think that's why we get a lot of those clients because I'm the same thing. Busy female professional who runs many businesses and a team to manage and all those kinds of things, you know, and I don't tolerate a lot of attitude or BS. I will tell you, I in Liz's situation, I probably would have been like okay, we're done here. You know, but Liz wasn't gonna have any of that because he was wrong. And you know, she has got a really strong sense of what's right and what's wrong. And the truth is I probably wouldn't have let it go either because he really was wrong. You know, he, really, he really had uh, made mistakes on it um, you know, with it. Yeah. So I think that um, if you get to that level of service and you have done your job as a small business owner and you, you convince me of your value proposition and all of those things, I am going to be a piece of cake client once you get to that. And I think that's a way a lot of clients are. I would much rather deal with a strong business owner, someone who doesn't suffer fools gladly and all those things. I would rather deal with that than anybody else. And I don't have a problem when somebody... Uh, Ask about our contract. I mean really I don't I mean we don't get it very often. and It's eight pages. Hello. Thank you Okay, it's not like a walk in the park But I don't get a lot of that because I think we go through it uh, in advance We talk about it and all of that But if someone Mm -hmm. does ask about it, I welcome that let's get all of that out in the open up front What is wrong with that? It doesn't mean you have to change it. It just means that someone is smart enough to question something they don't understand. How many times have we all signed contracts that we probably really don't understand and we do have questions, but we just don't want to bother with it or we don't want to rock the boat or you know, whatever. And I think, mm-hmm. honestly Liz, I think sometimes that the design industry in general just forgets that they're also small businesses first and foremost, yeah. and they need to act like one. You know, They need to act like right. one and, and say, okay, You know, this person. I'm gonna have clients that are cranky. I'm gonna have clients that question me. I'm gonna have clients that don't understand the process. But the key for me in this whole conversation is just being reflective and looking at that man in the mirror and then also not getting into this mindset of calling everybody a red flag. Can you imagine, how would that, Liz, how would that make you feel if every time something went a little bit tiny wonk with a job, You know with something and i ran into your office every time and said oh he's just such a red flag liz you know how would that make you feel about doing your job
1: yeah i mean it it, again i don't think it's a good mental place to get into because it's not identifying what some of the real problems are you're blaming essentially a person for their reaction which again right 99 of the time there probably is a reason for the reaction whether it's founded or unfounded but responding to it in a more authentic way because you are a business owner you're a professional again say it again it's you're a professional this is not a situation where you want to be you know ghosting clients emails or or getting your feathers all ruffled or getting nasty with the contractor or whatever it is that you think is gonna make someone else's life more difficult because they're making your life difficult Those are not the ways to get productively through some of these issues. So being able to really reflect on the fact that, and I think this is part of the reason why you have been so successful with a lot of the clients that you have been, is because we don't mess around with that. We are here to get a job done. We're here to get good work done. We're here to make sure that the client is taken care of and that we can advocate for them where we need to. And that's the bottom line. If people want something else, if they want the drama and all that, you know. We're not now, the people for no. that. No, we're really, we're really not. And,
0: and, and I think that, too, going back to the managing expectations part, is that, I, I mean, look, y'all, if, if, if you suss out at the beginning and discovery call or initial consult that a client really is a person that wants to do it all themselves and that's not a product that you offer because you're only doing full service design, let them. Let them do it let them go right. okay so don't don't get into these situations where you're gnashing your teeth about it find out up front you know what kind of people they are that's why our questionnaire has some psychological type of questions on it because I want to know how people react in stressful situations how do they react what is their what is their uh, pressure points and and all those things and I think that our questionnaire does a pretty good job of of finding out like sort of what their attitude is about life and how you know uh, easygoing they are or whatever. And we have clients that are so easygoing that are just incredible because they trust the process, but they still run businesses and are still uber successful and all of that. And then there's other ones that are more Type A and that want to know. And by God, if you don't communicate with them on a, in a timely manner, um, then you're in trouble. But that's why we put things into place like our weekly, um, uh, you know, recaps and things things like that, because there's not a client's never going to be able to say, well, you didn't tell me that or or, I didn't know that or whatever. I mean, we never hear that. We never hear that because it's all right there. And, And I think that that's something that if you're not doing that, you need to be doing it, even if you just send a weekly recap that says, You know hey just hoping you have a great weekend we're still waiting on you know the sofa from you know wherever that they are hand making every piece of it and it's taking forever we're still waiting for that and you know hope you have a great weekend or or you know whatever the case may be hope I see you out and you know stop by and have a glass of wine whatever the case may be having that connection with people is so important because communication ultimately is the answer with all of this and please please please, people pick up the phone and call when there is something going on because I am very guilty of sending text messages that are terse or or you know uh, emails that aren't very touchy-feely just the other day we, we Liz and I conferenced in with two people on our team to explain some things that we were changing and and all that because I thought you know if I had sent an email about this because I'm just getting back from being out of town and all that I thought to myself you know what I'm going to I'm going to do the right thing here. I'm not going to send it like that. I will follow up with an email to have it in writing, but I am not going to send that because I want them to understand that there's because the information Could have been misconstrued or whatever, and I didn't want to spend three hours trying to compose an email that was all touchy feely when I'm not a touchy feely person. So the the answer is like Liz. Hey, can we just hop on a call with these people, you know, on the team to to be able to go over these things? And and just like you were talking to a client the other day and saying, hey, you know, we need to get that bill paid. We need to be able to do this. We need to, you know, here's the situation. There's just I think that in in the light of day that emails and text messages and all that are great. I mean, I am like a big proponent of, you know, all those things. We don't banish texting or anything like that because I just turn the phone off. <laughs> I don't want to answer. I just don't, because to me that's very simple. But I understand it does intrude on some people and they can't ignore it and all that. I can ignore the heck out of it. It doesn't bother me. So if if you, you know, have your rules or whatever about all of that, but all of that stuff is really good. But you know what? You know what, a good old fashioned phone call sometimes when there's a miscommunication can really be key. And I think you do a great job at that, mm-hmm. Liz, and, and just picking up the phone and, and addressing it, you know? Even though later I may be going, what'd they say, what'd they say, what'd they say? <laughs>
1: Well, just like I mean, you, you said it in a nutshell there, which is that when you're on the phone with someone, you can hear their tone of voice, you can hear yeah. how they phrase things, they don't have a chance to craft what it is that they're going to say necessarily. And you don't either. And I think that, again, that kind of more authentic interaction right. is what's so important there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, here is our damn good truth for the day. This is part of the cost of doing business. Learning. Learning sometimes the hard way, about who you will resonate with and who is a good fit for your firm, and also learning about yourself. That's part of it. You have to be able to not only grow your firm, but also grow as a person, as a human. And of course, there are clients that are not going to work best with us. You know, just uh, nothing wrong with that person. It may just be that it's not your ideal client. And often it's not the client who is a you know, quote unquote, red flag, it's the designer not making the process clear or the designer not understanding the client's worldview or a designer's expectations not being clearly explained. And all I'm asking is for everybody to think about that and to really go over your processes and make sure so that you know when somebody is questioning something, if it's really been explained to them. And this does not mean that there are not jerks or narcissists or even clueless clients. I mean, of course these people exist. They do. But they often don't come around to a business who is projecting who they want to work with and being very clear in that messaging. And I think that's why we avoid them by and large, you know, certain types of client personalities that other people make it. Okay, so that's the damn good truth for the day. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. And we hope that you will come back next week. Bye, y'all. Until next time, stay bold, stay inspired, and keep embracing your bag girl spirit. If you've enjoyed today's show, head over to join the community at damngooddesigner.com to continue the conversation and sign up for our newsletter.